Well, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Church Matters. I'm Paul Saxton. Hello. <laughs> My voice changed there. We're joined by the wonderful Alan Fraser. Hello again. This is becoming a habit. I was saying hello to you first. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about everyone else? Hello to anyone else. <laughs> you don't sound convinced. No, no, no. I am convinced. No, it's good. Um, last time we kind of did something like this. It was with uh, with Mikey Newbold. It was. I'm glad you remember. Yeah. Very um, good. And I don't know if you remember, but he talked about being an, uh, brought up going to a church mm. uh, as a youth. Yeah. And then um, he said about going away from the church. I do. I remember that well. Then he talked about going back to church some years later. Yeah. So I don't know about your experience, but my experience of doing youth work can sometimes feel like that. That you kind of like do all this effort and tell people about Jesus and yeah. sometimes they get up, caught up in the moment, they become yeah. Christians and it's yeah. so exciting. Yeah. And then a few weeks or months later, you don't see them ever again. Or you never, they never even come once. No. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> the question is, is evangelism worthwhile short answer (laughs) yeah this could be over in like 10 seconds yes but it sometimes doesn't always feel like it is yeah but it always is what do do we mean by the term evangelism what does it mean to you to me it means preaching the good news telling the good news of who Jesus is and what he's done for us and how we can follow him. That's it, really. That's it. Don't (laughs) So it is worthwhile. But it's often uh, not a struggle, that's probably not the right word, but it's often a case of having to persist yeah. for the highlights to come. But they do come. So if you were to think, I'm putting you on the spot now, mm. of one particular story in your mind mm. where you have, you know, you have done that, you've preached the good news to somebody, somebody accepted the good news mm. there and then, mm. and then either weeks or months later, you've never seen them again. Or, or... Yeah. You've preached the good news and nobody's responded. Oh, both of those things. Several times, many times. Um, So, when I've... And and I'm talking about preaching here rather than talking to friends. Yeah. Or work colleagues, whatever. Specifically. But they're both evangelism. But in terms of preaching, you can see on a really good day, say six or seven people respond. And then you think, great, you think you've seen seven genuine conversions. Yes. And then you see someone, one of those, a few weeks later, responds again, and you think, oh, what's going on there then? I thought they'd already become a Christian. You know, something's happening, but I had then. Two or three never come back, and two or three did come back and then stopped coming, and and before you know it, all six or seven seem to not be knitted into the kingdom anymore. Yeah. That doesn't mean they're not, because they could be run somewhere else. 
or they could return to the church. That doesn't mean they're not a Christian just because they're not going to church. But they could return to church years later or go to a different church. So I, I think one of the true things that evangelism is, when we get to heaven, I think all of us will realise we've had a bigger impact than what we think we've had. Yes. Always. I like to think so. Because mm. I certainly remember in my early days as a Christian, you'd see these um evangelists you know really going for it with the gospel mm. and then you'd see like um some of these festivals you'd see like tens or hundreds yeah. Yeah. of people stand up yeah. responding to the gospel or even yeah. in church you know yeah. usually if it was like a, a sunday which was specifically on evangelism mm. you know you were preaching the good news and then you'd get even if it was like two or three stand up mm. you'd be like wow you know mm. i'd love to do that one day and then yeah. that one day comes yeah and it's the most humbling experience when you preach the gospel yeah. in a church and nobody responds. Yeah. Because in your mind, you think straight away there's got to be someone in here who needs to hear the good news, but that's not always the case. Oh, there is people in there who needed to hear it, but who just didn't respond. Yeah. Or didn't respond publicly, or didn't respond at that moment, or, or just didn't respond. And, you know, I think the danger is we can think when some genuinely do respond, we think we got it right, we did a good job. Yes. And the danger is when non-respond, we can think, oh, that wasn't a good preach then. Oh, I didn't talk to my friend very well. But actually, I, although we can always aim to do it better, God uses people in most things, including evangelism. So we, there is a part for us to play Sometimes, actually, it's just a person's time. And if God's calling them, God's calling them, no matter how good we do it or not. Yeah, I think. So almost like our job is just to share the good news. Yeah. And what God does with that. Yeah. But it is annoying, isn't it? This, the ver I've got some verses here that I've written down in preparation for evangelism. And this, the, the classic is 1 Peter 3. When it says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. So that puts, not pressure on a person, because it's God who ultimately calls someone to him. Yeah. But that gives responsibility to all of us. We're yes. meant to be prepared to give an answer. And it doesn't say that to give a good answer, but by implication, we're meant to give some decent answers. <laughs> yeah. One correct and two quite persuasive answers that are also relevant to the person where they are in their journey. And sometimes that answer can also be, I'm just not too sure, if it was like a really big topic. It can be. I don't think we can say that too often in the same conversation though. Otherwise, what do we actually believe? Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? Yeah. Why did you become a Christian? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not too sure, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> That's, well, that's why that verse is there, because we are meant to be able to give an answer. Yeah. And like, so like I said, it's quite, a, it's quite a humbling experience, really, when you, you, you experience that. You experience the whole, uh, firstly, you know, so, so not, not, not anybody responds to a gospel message. Mm. And you kind of like, as a preacher, you're like, oh gosh, I've not done that very well. And you've put hours into the prep, and you've put hours of prayer, and you've put your heart and soul into it and non-response. Yeah. yeah, but I think also that's a really important step 
because it removes any arrogance. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think sometimes, actually, like I've already said, you know, it's quite, it's that humbling of, it's not about me or what I say, mm. it's about what God does. Or both those things. Yes. Yeah. Because if a message was so unclear or so just unbiblically, you know, biblically not true, which then, I've never done. Then people definitely wouldn't become a Christian. Yeah. So there is at least some responsibility on us to do it reasonably well. Yeah. But ultimately, God does the calling. Yeah. Yes. Ultimately. And like I said, so we've, like, when you've always done, if you've ever done either a youth group or more recently, you know, when we've, uh, We've done alphas and things and you've seen people make those commitments to Jesus and in that moment you're kind of thinking, uh, you know, wow, that's mm. a changed life right there. Yeah. You know, they've accepted the good news, yeah. they're going to live a life for Jesus yeah. and then you, you don't see them ever again. Yeah. And you think, all that effort you put in, Yeah. is that, is that really worthwhile? I'll tell you why it is. But let me tell you two things. So, so Nicky Gumbel... I won't explain Nicky Gumbel is because most people will know and if anyone listening doesn't know just look him up but at an Alpha conference a couple of years ago probably three years ago Nicky Gumbel said he got up at the start of the Alpha conference and he said Alpha is the most frustrating thing you'll ever do <laughs> yeah. and you think wow what a weird way to start a conference yeah. and then he said but Alpha is also the best thing you'll ever do and it is both those things at the same time because people who you think are close to coming to Christ, whether it's an alpha or just with your neighbours or your family or whatever, uh, you know, suddenly you move house or you get another job 500 miles away and you think, oh, you know, whatever. And, and those who sometimes seem far away suddenly come through or whatever, you just never know. Yeah. But, uh, but, but speaking of alpha, probably about four or five years ago, we were... Um, the Alpha team at the church I was part of at the time were, were in an Alpha preparation night and God spoke very clearly to me. And this is why evangelism is always worthwhile, right? Because I'm, this is an Alpha story, but it's applicable to all evangelism. You know, we were planning the talks, the speakers, the who did the cooking, who would lead discussion groups, who would be the helpers, who would wash up, who would welcome who would do the PA, who, you know, it was a big answer and, you know, we were expecting a lot of guests and there was a lot of preparation. And I just felt, as we were praying about it, God said to me, the Holy Spirit just whispered to me, would you do all this for one guest? Yes. And I felt utterly distraught, really, thinking like, oh, God, please don't say that, God. Please don't talk about one guest. You know, we're expecting 25 or 40 or 50 or, you know, whatever. Please don't talk about one guest, God. <laughs> and he said, would you do it for one? Because I would. Yeah. Because I died for one. I died for lots of ones. But every one person is a person. It's not a number. It's not, you know, just another one off the production line. It's, it's a life that is changed. And ever since then, that's helped keep things in perspective for me. Yeah. Like, yes, the hours of prep for sermon, the hours of... You know, spending time with friends, which I enjoy, but the hours of trying to somehow talk about church and Jesus, and you know, even sometimes getting laughed at and ridiculed, and all of that, and you think, is it worth it? You think, well, yeah, because Jesus would do it for one, 
and, and someone did it for me and you. Yes. Let's not forget yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Christians are only Christians because probably something evangelized to them, or lots of people evangelized to them. So it's got to be worth it. Yeah, and it also you can always point to the to the Great Commission as well. Go. Yeah. Go into all the world. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's the most common one probably that we look at. Yeah. In terms of. And what did he say? He actually said, go into the world and make disciples. Yes. Now there's, it wasn't going to the world and see what happens with your preaching or with your friendship with your neighbours or with your chats with your colleagues. There was, it was a definite, go into the world and make disciples. It's almost like, you do that bit and I'll guarantee some fruit. Or, yes. You know, I'll do my bit. Says God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the world and do it. And that's the real challenge, isn't it? Yeah. Because, like I say, we can point. We've done alphas in in churches. We've done them in coffee shops. Mm. We've done them uh, almost as part of a church plant. Mm. And actually, we have so many stories of either salvation, mm. miracles, mm. healings. Mm. You know, so many good stories where you just come away from an alpha night or whatever it may be, mm. absolutely buzzing. Oh yeah, yeah. And then the next week. You're thinking, wow. Yeah, they haven't turned up. That's not a disciple. And you're flat as a pancake. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. And, and that's what happens, you know. But the beauty of all of this, the other part to this that's worth mentioning is, I think it might be in John 4, but I'm not sure, is we think, and sometimes we can fall into the trap of thinking, that person hasn't become a Christian at the end of Alpha, or the end of that talk, or the end of you know, our friendship because they've suddenly had to move. Yeah. And I won't see them that often. So therefore I failed. But actually we John Four, I think it is, says, you know, some sow, some reap. Yes. And you know, as long as we're putting in some seeds and some good fruit and everything, it may well be years down the line with someone else who who gets the privilege of the final step. In that person's life, but actually, you know, we, 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 if you look at most people, when they give a testimony, actually, lots of people have been involved. Yes. Oh, I had this Christian friend when I was a youth, but you know, he used to tell me about God, but I, you know, I yeah. kind of drifted away, and then suddenly, I met this other Christian ten years later, and you, you know, blah blah blah. Lots of Christians are often involved in the person's salvation story. Yeah, absolutely true, actually, and. Um, so like you've said there about, you know, sowing seeds, really. Mm. And this, this verse, well, these verses in, in Matthew 14, mm. uh, 13, sorry. Mm. Um, this really helps me. I'm just yeah. going to read them if that's all right. Yeah. So it says, in Matthew 13, parable of the sower. A farmer went out to sow his seeds. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path. Mm. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seeds fell on good soil where mm. it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty or thirty times what was sown. Mm. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Yeah. 
And the disciples ask a really good question straight after this, actually, because they go, why do you speak to people in parables? Because yeah. sometimes you read that story and you think, Jesus, what on earth are you on about? Mm. Unless you know you're gardening, some of these things yeah. can be a bit difficult to yeah. understand. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it does help in terms of all is asked of us, really, is, is to scatter the seed. Yeah. Yeah, as you were reading it, do you know what came to mind? Go on. And this was already prep. This was as you were reading it. I almost felt that's that's the Christian life right there. Yes. Isn't it? We, 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 I'm always reluctant to use the word should because my wife always tells me off. It's, it's not, it's not a should, but it's, we get to, we, we, we have the pleasure of getting. It's not that we've, as Nick Harden said a couple of weeks ago at the Taking Ground family weekend, it's not that we've got to, oh God, I've got to, oh God, I've got to talk to my friend about Jesus. Oh no, I've got to look at food at work. It's not that we've got to, it's we get to. We get to do this amazing thing. Yes. And yes, yeah, some will not listen. Some will seem to be making progress and then they'll, life's troubles will drag them away again. And then some will just move away and don't see them. But some, and this is the Matthew 28 bit, isn't it? You will make disciples some will come through. Yes. And that is evangelism. There'll be lots that don't, but let's believe there'll be lots that do. And when they do, it's the best feeling in the world. Well, like it says, the crop will be like 100 or 30 or 60 times more than what was sown. Yeah. And when you get that sort of initial excitement when people become a Christian Mm. and it does wither away, Mm. you know, it's so much more exciting when you see people who be, who were then made disciples, it all seems mm. worthwhile. Mm. And actually, like it says in there, you know, not everything's going to take root. No, no. It's just people can respond on an emotional thing or carried along with a bit of hype or even by a charismatic speaker, think, wow, captivating. And then the next morning think, nah. Yeah. It hasn't taken root. Yeah, and I think actually it's just really important to know that that is what happens. Yeah. And so, you know, some people describe Christianity as something that's really difficult because, you know, it's about changing lifestyle or, you know, doing something that maybe you haven't done previously. Yeah. You know, and actually some people find making that transition really, really difficult. Whereas sometimes when we think people have made that decision... You know, that's it. Yeah. There and then in that moment. I think most people find evangelism difficult. Yes. And I can say this without any... I'm just saying this as a fact. In, in, in a previous role, I was a paid evangelist. And though I found speaking at Alpha and speaking on a Sunday morning in a big church and all that, I found that relatively easy. I'm not bragging. I, I just, that was just one of my things God's gifted me in, there's loads he hasn't, you know, but I found that relatively easy. I'm not that good at chatting to my friends about it. Yes. And I've got better at it because I've forced myself to, I've found answers to questions, as it says in 1 Peter, you know, right, okay, what are they asking? I've got to find some answers. You know, sometimes you've got to put the work in. Yeah, you do. And a moment will come, I'll give you a little example, I played five-side football last Thursday night, 
and it was the um, I think it was the same day Gareth Southgate named his England squad, and I still wasn't in it despite Again. a really good game in the five side. I know, oh. but we went for a drink afterwards, and a friend of mine, I won't mention his name, he just suddenly said to me, "We're having a pint." We were still literally our football kit at the bar, and he turned and said to me, "So tell me a bit about your church." Now that's an open door. Yes. And it's still, it's still difficult. You still think, oh, oh, um, oh, okay. Now that was an easy opportunity in one sense. And that's all we've got to do. When people speak to us about opportunities, like, you know, when that opportunity comes up and they say things like that, what did you do at the weekend? I went to church, whatever. That's all we've got to do. Yeah. You know, that's all we've got to do sometimes is just say, well, yeah, yeah, I do believe in God, or whatever. You know, yeah, the church was like this, or whatever. Yeah, it's, it, but it's hard. And I always used to have this joke, you know, I used to say, I'm not, even when I was a paid evangelist, I used to say, I'm not the best evangelist in the church. In fact, I'm not even the best evangelist in my house <laughs> because my wife is genuinely much better at just chatting to friends and neighbours and stuff. I, I'm pretty good at the church talk stuff, but it is hard. But, yeah. but if we put work in, right, I am going to ask these questions, right, I am going to, Oh, there's an opportunity when he said, What do you do at the weekend? I am going to answer it by saying, I went to church. Things happen. Yeah. And then it gets exciting and it becomes more natural each time you do it. Yeah. It becomes easier. I don't know, I've gone to that bit, sorry. I don't even know. No, no, I don't no. I think that was the question. But it is all part of the question. Yeah. Because actually, even in that first sentence where, you know, the, saw, the farmer sows the seed. Yeah. Um, now, I put sometimes grass seed down in my back garden and that feels like a job and a half. Yeah. Um, where, you know, if you think about the amount a farmer has to do in a field, yeah. putting the seed down, that's quite a lot of work. Yeah. Too. Like, it's not just a case of, oh, you know, mm. just throw that, that, that bit there, job done. Yeah. Um, it takes effort. Mm, it and does. like it says, some of it will go into different types of soil. Farmers can try and make the soil the best that it can be yeah. um, to, to make the crops. But it doesn't always work like that. No. So actually, evangelism, you do have to put the work in. Like, the farmer has to sow the seed in the first place. I think so. It's like anything, isn't it? It's... I don't think God just kind of... You know, clicks his fingers and waves a magic wand. He, he invites us to be partners in this incredible uh, privilege. It is. Yes. It, it, Nick Harden's right. It is a, I get to. I yes. get to do it. No, no, I've got to. If you've got a got to attitude, I would say don't do it. Yeah. Genuinely, don't do it. You know, ju- just find out what it's like to, to find out why it's such a joy to do it. And then you'll want to do it. And there are so many joys in our life, isn't it? Like, in terms of, you know, if farmers love doing that job, they love to sow the seeds, but it doesn't come without its challenges. Yeah. If you'd like to do DIY, blimey, you know, it comes with its challenges. Yeah, yeah. You love to raise your kids. You want them to cuddle you and tell them that, that, yeah, that they love you every five seconds. Yeah. And you'll not find well yeah. that... Uh, it's hard work. It's hard work. It doesn't just happen. And you know what? But sometimes, like, like in all those examples, sometimes it seems to happen more easily. Yes. Where you just have someone who just laps it up. They just, just... I remember, I'm going to give you a little story, football-related again, actually. Ah, good. Not the FA Cup final we've just had between Man City and Watford, but the year before, I was watching the FA Cup final, and my friend messaged me and said, 
I know you go to church and I know your life's different. Tell me about it. And I, and I just wanted to watch the FA Cup final. It's insensitive of them, really. But, but I know, I, just, I thought, <laughs> come on, mate, not now. But I just thought, you know, wow, what a message. Yes. And all the messenger, this is how God can do it, over a series of messages over the next half hour, I believe he made a commitment to Christ. Wow. Now, is he living a life that is full of fruit and completely changed how it used to be? Definitely not. But if Jesus returned today, would he be in? <laughs> I think he would be. Yeah. And, it, and I, you know, I was just watching FA Cup. He asked all the questions. Why is it different? Tell me about him. You know, and I just told him about as best as I could on Messenger. Not even a face-to-face conversation. So it can be easy sometimes. Yep, but like you say, and even at the open door of, of standing at the bar and telling me about your yeah. church. Yeah, yeah. There are yeah. so many easy opportunities and actually, yeah. you know. All I said to him was, you'll like it. It's really good. It, it's, it's modern music. It's laid back. The people are nice. You should come sometime. You didn't tell him you were singing in the band or anything? No, no. Oh, that, good. Literally, that's, that, that's pretty much all I said. Yeah. Because I felt for an opening conversation, actually, I don't need to tell him about, unless he asked. Yeah. I don't need to tell him about heaven and hell and Jesus died as a substitute you know, on the cross. <laughs> and all that. I don't need to. I just answered his question back to 1 Peter. I just answered his question. Tell me about your church. It's not even a question, is it really? Well, sort of. I just answered that bit. And I said, you should come sometime. He said, yeah, I will. You didn't fancy telling him about being washed in the blood of the lamb? I didn't. No, but, but, <laughs> but, but the difference was the guy who messaged me, yeah. he did want to know all that. Yes. So I answered those questions. It, it's just answering the questions. Yeah. Like you said, being prepared yeah. to give an answer for your fear. Yeah. To, to the, yeah, that's it. So ultimately, like you said at the start, really, is evangelism worth it? Yes. It is. I've got two points I'd like to make. Yeah, do it. <clears throat> so one, I, I get, I get, I was going to say mildly irritated, but I think I get very irritated by. Have you heard the, this quote that's supposedly said by Francis of Assisi? Preach the gospel at all times, and if yes. necessary, use words. Yeah, yeah, it's a big one. Two things about that. One. There's actually no written record of him ever saying it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure he actually ever said it. And two, it boils my blood. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, and I'm going to come to the point, the second I said I've got two things, it's just not biblical, yeah. that quote. Preach us about all times and if necessary, use words. Words are always necessary. Because faith comes from hearing that. Someone needs, we need, I knew there was something different about these Christians when I wasn't one. And, you know, I, I've given my testimony on this very podcast before, so I'm not going to go through all that. I knew something was different. Yeah. I knew they knew some stuff I didn't. I knew they had a different lifestyle to what I didn't. But someone had to tell me what it was. Yeah. Someone had to tell me, Jesus died. He is the Son of God. This is why he died. This is how you benefit. It, it, it seems irritates me when we think and use words if necessary. We definitely have to use words. Now, not instantly and not necessarily straight away and all of that, but, but if we're just 
really, really good people, yeah. doing all these good works, but we never tell anyone why and how our lives changed and who changed it for us, then actually we just look like the good person. Do you know what yes. I mean? So if our neighbours saw, well, <laughs> let, I'll use you. If your neighbours saw what a wonderful couple you and Rebecca are, Right. You would see that if you looked around. Well, well yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you just forever let them think you're just a lovely, wonderful couple yeah. who do all this good stuff. Then actually you're not doing them any favour. You're not preaching the gospel. Yes. You're, you're, you're doing God's works. I'm not denying it in any way, shape or form. But, but the doing the good works is pointing to Jesus. And people won't make that link for themselves. They need to know that at some point, oh, it's cut. yeah, I go to church. Oh, yeah, let me tell you about Jesus, you know. However, my second point is, we should definitely be living a godly lifestyle. Though. Yeah. And I just want to mention this. I've mentioned it a few times. I'm going to just go back to 1 Peter 3.15. A lot of evangelists and, and people who are into evangelism will say this bit. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. We should definitely do that. Yeah. Right? But what does it go on to say in the very next uh, verse? The, very, the same sentence. It says, keep a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behaviour in Christ. Yes. So, we definitely should have a changed life. We shouldn't be living, you know, the thief on the cross experience unless we're in that situation. Very few of us get converted in our last moments. Most people become Christians early in their lifetime. You know, it's not on the day they die if you're on the cross. So we should have a changed life. And yes, that should, people should notice that. But out of that, we should then give an answer. Yes. So words on its own may win some, but but good works on its own, I don't think will win any, because we'll just be thinking lovely. But we should be doing those good. We should have a good lifestyle. And you know Michael Ramsden? Yes. He he is part of the um, Zacharias Trust, the yeah, apologetic yeah. thing. Just just very recently, I, I heard him say, you know. Um, when people say to him, but I never get opportunities to speak to my neighbours, yeah. he says to them, are you living a godly lifestyle? Yes. Because if you are, 1 Peter 3 seems to say, if you are, that people will notice and they will ask you questions. Yes. So, if you want to be an effective evangelist, yes, live the right lifestyle, but you've got to use words after that. Yes. Out, out of that, sorry, not, not after that, out of that. And actually, it's like you've said, isn't it? It changed life. You're naturally, when you hear the message, you accept the message, your talk becomes different and your actions also become different. Some of those talks and actions become different quickly. And others take time. And some seem to be a continuous struggle. Yes, actually, as we uh, and they're all different for each people. Yeah, different people. Yeah, I, I find quite a few things still a struggle. If I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, for me, kind of, for me, I you know some things that went pretty quickly. For me, it was just 
bad language. Yeah, I, I, I spoke to a really bad language before I was a Christian. It was just tripped out my mouth. Do you know what I mean? None of this. None of this here. And that went quickly. But other things, you know, took longer. And and you know, as none of us are perfect, some things I'm still battling against. But it is a change yes. from from then. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And also, like we were just discussing before this as well, you know, even uh, it's Romans ten. Yes. Just remind me. Um, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. Faith comes from hearing the message. And so, right there, again, like the Great Commission, mm. you know, our responsibility, our mission, our task. Mm. Do I dare say above all other things? I think so. Is tell people why you have your faith. Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. Because ultimately, how are other people going to respond to something they don't hear? Yeah. Even, and I think this is very common in the Muslim world at the moment, I'm led to believe, and what I've read and seen, even if someone has a vision or a dream, about Jesus, even then, they usually need to find someone who can explain that to them. Yes. Well, and that's common in quite a lot of the Old Testament stuff as well, really. Yeah. Um, particularly with kings who had dreams and yeah. needed them interpreted. Yeah. I mean, God can do anything good, can't he? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but for whatever reason, he, he has invited people into his... Plan. Which is a, just a privilege, really. It's awesome. It's the best thing. Because even though, like you say, you have the difficulties, those moments, even if it is just that one in the in the evening, that like that one off. Yeah. You just can't. It's There's the no thing. greater thing. Yeah, it's the best thing. It's, it is the best thing, and someone did do it for us. Yeah. <laughs> we must never forget that. Yeah, definitely. And knowing what effect and difference that makes on your own life. Mm. And like I say, coupled with that moment, somebody else's life is changing. I mean, there's still to this day not another experience than seeing somebody else say yes to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's unique. It always has been, it always will be. Yeah. The greatest thing. Yeah, because it is. Because ultimately, it, it, it is the greatest thing. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the thing of someone coming to Christ and being a Christian is the greatest thing. Yes. So to see someone come to that is is part of that greatest thing. Yeah. Because mm. the, the sort of evangelism part is great. The discipleship part is harder. But I love both. Oh, yeah. We're called to make disciples. Yes. But you can only start discipling, really, when you've got a convert. Yes, definitely. I really, love both. Really. Yeah. I do love both. And both come with the challenges. But evangelism... There's just no greater joy. Yeah, it's the best thing. We're called to disciple. Yeah, definitely. But if 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 I preach to hundred people and a hundred gave their lives to Christ and died that day like the thief on the cross and were never discipled, I'd be over the moon. Yes. So hundred people had her life changed. Yeah. You know. And I'd sooner that than one person come to Christ and, and be discipled really well. Yeah. No, definitely. 99 perish. Yes. You know. 
Um, oddly, 100 people come to Christ and being disciples really well out of 100. Don't you? <laughs> yeah. But See, the point stands. <laughs> yeah, that could have taken, that literally could have taken 10 seconds. Yeah, it could. And actually, we'd have missed out on so much. We would, because it was good to discuss it. <laughs> and we even read from the Bible. That's a first on these podcasts, I think. Actually, <laughs> I think it may well be. It may well be. I don't really want to <laughs> dwell on that <laughs> no. too much. We've heard good stories and yeah, 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 yeah. Changed lives and yeah. This is a multi-purpose podcast. But to read from the Bible, that was quite something. Hey, hey. It's always the first time for everything. Yeah, yeah. But I should make it a habit. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time to no, discuss pleasure. this. Yeah, yeah, pleasure. And same with everything. There may be some things that we've said tonight that maybe uh, have either kind of helped you or inspired you, or a few things that maybe you're thinking, I'm not sure about that. Please, do feel free to get in touch. Or, or, you know, certainly give us your thoughts either by email or social media. Mm. Just search up Embrace Church Darlington on any of the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Or you can always look at our website, mm. embracechurch.co.uk. Um, and so please feel free to get in touch. But like I say, thank you very much for clearing up the question. Magic. It's been a pleasure. Uh, Stephen Thompson is just going to play us out for 30 seconds. <laughs>